welcome fellow traveller to the Tent Talks podcast, where we fight bad ideas with good ideas. Join Dr. Stephen Backhouse and friends as we pursue the renewing of our theological, social and political imagination. Welcome friends, this is Tent Talks. My name is Chris Marchand. While we are working on a new series for you, we wanted to offer you a few bonus episodes. Last week, Stephen was able to share his wife Claire's new podcast, Nutrition with Love. This week's episode is a discussion with musician and worship leader Rachel Wilhelm about her new album, Jeremiah. Our talk comes from a longer interview on my own podcast, Post Consumer Reports, but I wanted to specifically ask Rachel some questions that pertain to what we do here at Tent Talks. So this interview is an exclusive. If you want to hear the other part of the interview, which is much longer, please check out Post Consumer Reports, the podcast. A link will be provided in this episode's show notes. For me, my conversation with Rachel is a culmination of a number of things. First, her song Deborah was the theme song for my series, Women in Church Leadership, from earlier this year, and I wanted you all to hear her thoughts about writing that song and some of the conflicting themes I found within it. Second, in 2021, Stephen started our second Followers of the Way series with an episode called Prophets True and False and was about how prophets are those in our midst called to speak truth to power and not satisfy itching ears by telling those in power what they want to hear. Rachel's new album, Boldly, takes passages from the prophet Jeremiah and sets them to music in ways that speak to us today. It's an album about communal repentance and God's faithfulness, but it also contains a few songs that specifically call out leaders for their corruption abuse, and callousness. Her song Vengeance with a Sword is about this, and I thought tent listeners should be aware of it and might benefit from it. It's not just about national leaders, but about church leaders as well, which seems to be speaking in pertinent ways to this very moment that many of us are living in. Also, I should say that that initial episode from 2021 came out on January 5th, which the humor of that is not lost on me. Third, this episode relates to our Disagree series, which we just finished up over the summer. Rachel is someone I incredibly respect and whose music I have found comforting, challenging, and beautiful. At the same time, as you listen to us, I think you'll see some significant differences in how we both understand the use of violence and the role that that even plays within scripture and what do we make of the use of violence when it comes to God's will and vengeance and judgment? It's a tough conversation. So even though I didn't feel the need to engage in a full-on discussion with her about this, I thought I would offer this conversation as another example of how people who disagree with each other can also truly respect each other. We contend, we try to figure things out, we disagree, we offer grace and understanding, and hopefully we all learn. To be sure, I wasn't trying to catch her out in this conversation by talking with her about Deborah's song or even about Vengeance with the Sword. I legitimately wanted to know her approach to writing a song using a story like that. Deborah, prophet, she kills an abusive, corrupt, horrible man, puts a tent pig through his head. I wanted to see how she wrestled with the use of violent language and actions and how that factored into how she wrote her song. 
As much as I cherish scripture set to song, I don't know that this is a song I myself would have been able to write. In terms of Deborah's own story, I very well could have if it was just a, a songwriter type song, but as a canticle, as something the church could potentially sing or listen to within a church setting, I don't know that this is something I myself would have been able to do. So I wanted to know, did she wrestle with the lyrics at all? How did she approach it? As much as I think, okay, that's not my approach, I very much respect her own wrestling with it and the process of what it takes as an artist to bring an idea into completion and fruition and then to put it out into the world. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, I need to note that when discussing the song Vengeance with the Sword, Rachel mentions that within church culture, people who are bold enough to speak truth to our leaders in power often find themselves without a job or ostracized from their church community or vilified and denounced in public spaces. Well, I thought you all should know that this very thing has happened to Rachel herself. She was the music leader and pastor at an Anglican Church of North American congregation, but she lost her job. Why, you may be asking. Well, she lost her job because of leadership mishandling and spiritual abuse in a case of misconduct toward a family member. Go back and think of those words again if you need to. As she notes in the interview, there truly are consequences for those who address abuse within their churches and the leadership and if leadership is unwilling to take proper action to hold abusers accountable. She stood up and raised the alarm about something that happened and the consequence was that she lost her job. We recorded this interview before all this happened to her. I think she was in the midst of it at the time, but she hadn't lost her job yet. You'll even hear her talk about her church community in a positive light. I imagine she never thought when writing these songs about Jeremiah, she'd be writing them for herself. There are an immense amount of stories of church leadership abuse and mishandling swirling about us these days. If you are someone living in the aftermath of abuse, I hope Rachel's music can be a comfort and an inspiration to you. For myself, I'm figuring out how to spin these kinds of stories into another podcast, so stay tuned for that. In the coming months, perhaps early next year in 2024, something might be coming your way as an attempt to tell some of these stories. Thanks for listening to all of this. I hope you enjoy my talk with Rachel, and please check out her music and share it with others who may need it. is that part in chapter 25 where the Lord talks about Babylon coming in and it's going to slaughter the people, um, Israel, and take down Jerusalem. And Yahweh is talking about how he is going to 
do the slaughtering himself as a lion that's coming down from the mountain from its lair. And he's going to just decimate all these shepherds that are leading his people astray, that they're responsible for this and that he sees it. Everything that they have and that they enjoy is going to be marred and burned down and <laughs> taken away. Everything that they, that they enjoy in the world. It's hard to read. It was, that was hard for me to read. But then when I read it, I thought, gosh, God takes this stuff seriously, right? And the imagery there, just beautiful imagery of God using nature. You know, a great whirlwind will be lifted from the farthest parts of earth and you're going to be lost in all that. You're going to be destroyed. Hear a bellow from the mountain, true disaster will go forth from my holy habitation comes vengeance with the sword. album that is about lament, an album where we as the people are perhaps receiving God's judgment. Can you can you speak to how we're supposed to feel about that or, or what we're supposed to hear in that? Yeah. Well, I think anytime the truth is exposed, it's good. And so a lot of times I think we can think of judgment as being really harsh and hard and we think in our society like you know you're judging me you know that kind of thing but when the judgment of god comes if we think about that song vengeance with the sword (laughs) god's judgment is scary but it's good and god desires for us to see what is truly there under the surface things that are hidden from the ordinary eye and he brings judgment by pulling things up to the surface and exposing them. tend to think, okay, well, that's bad. That's like the enemy attacking us. Or that's like this person was involved in bringing that to the surface. So that's the enemy attacking us or they're attacking us or something like that. But it's like, no, 
actually, if truth is being surfaced, truth comes from the Lord, whether it's nice or whether it's dark and ugly. It comes from the Lord. Lord the Lord brings things to the surface. And, and that judgment is good. And it means that we can take that, we can take that knowledge, that truth, the ugliness that we see. And a lot of times we, we look at judgment as being something very ugly. Well, we can take the ugliness that we see and we have a chance then to change it, to root it out, to clean it up and to involve the Lord in making it right. In a lot of ways, like we are called to enact righteousness when we are faced with the judgment of God. And sometimes we have to pay the consequence for those things. But that's <laughs> that's just part of it. That's part of it. And that's good. Hear a bell from the mountain True disaster will go forth From my holy habitation Comes vengeance with the sword What was on your heart and mind as you wrote that? Because uh, it, it it relates to leaders. Uh, you know, of course, this this goes this does relate to this uh, conundrum we have when we read the scriptures, which is, well, what was it speaking to them? What is it speaking to us? Uh, but at the same time, those themes don't necessarily change, <laughs> right? So the problem of leadership is still very much with us. So. Uh, what do you want to speak to uh, and, 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 and unveil for us, so to speak, behind that song? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really timely that that passage, Jeremiah 25, came to my attention when I was, you know, writing it um, or just sitting down to write. Actually, what happened was I, I, I'm just such a busy person and I sometimes don't sit down and spend the time with my art as I should. And the Lord gave me the flu <laughs> or he allowed me to have the flu. And I missed church that Sunday. I was just, I was down for the count. And I sat down, this is back in November of last year. And I sat down and I started reading through Jeremiah, just stuck on the bed. And I immediately stopped at Jeremiah 25. And it this was the real pivotal time for me of like trying to figure out whether the album was going to be an EP or full length. And so I've been having that conversation with the Lord. I've been like, okay, Lord, I don't know if, if you, I have this feeling that it might be a full length, but I'm open to whatever you decide to do here. So when I opened up Jeremiah 25, I saw that section about the Lord coming in and bringing judgment to the leaders, to the shepherds that were leading the sheep astray. I thought, gosh, that kind of stuff's happening right now with sex abuse scandals, with uh, with misconduct, with abuse of power, with grooming, with all kinds of stuff that's happening within the church. And I mean the church as in, in a broad sense, every denomination so far that I have paid attention to has some kind of scandal right now. And the truth is coming to the surface. And that's God's judgment. And I think we need to be really careful with how we respond, not with silence, not with denial but with integrity and with care and gentleness. And we need to admit the truth. If we haven't done something correctly, we need to rectify that. So, and I'm saying we as like the church, capital C, you know, I've seen so much happen 
I think because social media is a thing, we're exposed to a lot more people that have experiences and really, really sad stories. And my heart breaks and the Lord's heart breaks. And so instead of denying that it could happen or not believing people or whatever it is, we need to take seriously things like this in a way that's out in the open because it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us to actually step up and do the right thing. I agree with you that when we hear a song that is addressing larger issues within a people, you know, we can say the church, we can say a nation in the context of, of Judah and Israel, but the the role of the prophet is to stand up in the midst and challenge the, the corrupt authority, the corrupt leadership there. And that's where things get really, really tricky. And, and so it's, it's where we, we as modern readers, we read Jeremiah and we go, boy, that's, that's really cool that he did that. I certainly wouldn't be able to. Uh, and and so that's where I think that's where I wrestle with it, which is we can all receive it. And yes, may we have mutual repentance. But then where is the place where people need to rise up and say, this is corrupt. This shouldn't be existing in today's church, let's say. Uh, and and then what roles do we each take on, right? And how, how do you wrestle with that? I'm just curious because I'm wrestling with, with it myself. I wrestle with it. Sometimes we're not meant to say anything. You know, it's like, it's kind of like when a celebrity starts talking about politics or something, you kind of go like, really? We don't need to hear your opinion on this. Because social media is so, it's everywhere. We have access to everyone's opinions, everyone's thoughts, everyone's everything. I think we think that we have to stand up and say all these things. But really, the sad thing is that people, we're, we're kind of forced to just as the church as ordinary people within the church to speak up in groups or individuals because no one in the hierarchy is listening or maybe they are but they can't talk about it or they don't feel like they can or i don't know you know it's there's a lot going on it's so complicated you know if there's like lawsuits or whatever it is you know yeah i struggle with that as an artist i i struggle with things that are happening um, within the church, capital C, and, and, and you can't say anything. You just can't. And if you do, you, you look like you're a troublemaker or whatever, because oftentimes as, as Jeremiah saw, you know, they shoot the messenger and no matter what side you're on, it's like the person that speaks up, the whistleblowers is going to pay for it because it's not, it, it then turns personal rather than about the, the issue itself that's at hand, right? And so with human beings, I think it's it's always going to be this struggle with, oh, gosh, should I say something? Can I say something? Because I, I think I think some people like are afraid that they'll lose their jobs and their position and leadership or whatever it is if, if they speak up about something. And that shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. Thanks for speaking to it. <laughs> are there any other songs that you wanted to dive into the meaning of that you didn't get a chance to? I was going to say about Refuge of the Weary, I wrote that and th there's a story behind that song. I wrote it in 2020. So you can you can imagine why I wrote that in 2020. We needed a song like that in 2020, right? I was during lockdown and I was writing songs for, I just had a lot of time. <laughs> I had a ton of time. And it was it was such a beautiful time because I was so prolific during that period. And I, and I 
tend to think, gosh, if I could get some of those days back where I just had endless amounts of time to write music and express myself and stuff. I did write it in 2020 and forgot all about it. And I have like about a kabillion recordings on my phone, just phone recordings of stuff that I've worked on. And some of them I haven't exactly written down in my songwriting notebook. So they can either get lost or like one place or another, maybe they're on a Google Drive thing or whatever. So I did not want to end the album with daughter, daughter, with the Lord pleading with his people. You know, like I said before, I really wanted Jeremiah to end that plea as like a lament. I thought, Lord, I, I just started to pray. I, I asked the Lord, like, what, what do you want there? And that song just popped into my brain for some reason. I don't really know how, because I hadn't thought about it since. I thought, yeah, there's this one song that I have that's like about a refuge or something and that, you know, and I couldn't even play it on the guitar because I can't remember how to play it. I was just like, I wrote this one song. So I remember the word refuge and I looked it up and I found it on my phone and I heard it and I was like, oh my word, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. And then the next day, Devin texted me and said, Rachel, I think the last song needs to be a song about God being a refuge. And it's it's actually in the certain, I can't even remember at the moment, like the certain chapter in Jeremiah. And I've been kind of working on the lyrics for it. And, and then he sends me a link to, you know, Google Drive document. And I just wrote him back and I said, I already have this song. So I sent him the song and he was like, are you kidding me? This is perfect. This works. Refuge of the weary one You hear the cry of every soul You see all the wrong that's done You are the answer from of old Remember an example of how I'm not just doing this on my own. It's it's not just a collaborative um, effort with Devin and Adam and Phil and, you know, uh, Keiko um, and Jared. It's a collaborative effort with the Lord. There's so much that can be mined out of the Bible. There's so much left that, so many songs left that we could write. And that matters to God.
he does fashion certain people to write based on scripture. You know, Caroline Cobb's a great example. Michael Card's a great example. I've got all kinds of friends that do that. All of us, all of us could, you know, come together and, and try to write a whole thing about the entire Bible, but there would still not be enough um, songs to represent the whole entirety of the Bible because we just have so much there. I think the Lord delights in that kind of work. Well, speaking of a song that people will be like, oh, I was not expecting a song about this. You have a release uh, called Mystery Canticles. And let me see here. You have Deborah's song, Jonah's song, Daniel's song, Job's song. And the one that really most, most struck me was the first one, Deborah's song. Oh, kings, hear a song that reaches the Lord. Standing tall to lead The earth quaked and trembled The sky bled its storm When God marched out to wield his mighty sword Take us into what that song speaks to you about. It's written from the perspective of a woman. And, you know, as a Christian, there's some elements to it that I'm like, Sheesh, you know, I don't know if I can sing this, you know, the woman with the, the peg in her hand and she knows what to do with it. I kind of go, oh, well, maybe she shouldn't do that. Most blessed is a woman, a wife with a peg, when asked for water, gave one milk. And as he lay sleeping, she it's the biblical story, right? It's it's what we have. So how did you, I don't know, how did you wrestle with that in terms of like how to present this song or or uh, put it out there into the world? Because it's also, it's about a woman speaking to the leaders in, you, you know, will they listen to her, right? And will, will she be allowed to take God's role for her life? Um, so I don't know, how, how, what does that song mean to you? I wanted on Mystery Canicles for a woman to have a voice, at least one. I would consider Job a prophet. I would consider Jonah a prophet and Daniel a prophet, of course. So having Deborah was important to me and she became important at a point. Um, I think what I really wanted, and this is going to sound so funny. I really wanted to write a song with jail in it, like the tent peg thing. I just wanted to have a song that had that in it. And you know, the, the story behind that is basically I asked a friend, I asked Adam Whipple if he would write lyrics to just a song and I would come up with a melody um, about jail. We, we kind of went back and forth and it didn't work out. 
it led me to actually open, crack open my Bible and look at the spot where jail is talked about. And I found the canticle of Deborah and Barak. I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. So the Lord led me there through a, a roundabout way to Deborah's song in Judges. And so I just started writing. I, I had this working melody from what Adam had given me. And I really liked that working melody. Um, the oh, kings hear a song that reaches the Lord. And I thought, yeah, I can, I can, I can go through this scripture and, and kind of like fit some lines that work here and there. Right. So I started doing that. And what I love about it is in the song, she talks about jail. So like I, I'm able to get that in there because it's part of the canticle itself. Yeah. My feelings about Deborah, I've always loved Deborah because she's the one that stood up. She's the one that when the, when the men, the strong men and the warriors weren't going to stand up, she did. And God used a woman to enact his will and judgment, actually. I really respect that. I think it probably took a lot of courage on her part to do. I can't pretend to be her, but I just love the, the whole um, image of her being under the tree of Deborah and, and speaking truth to people, um, people coming to her for, for counsel and help. I just really like the, the, I was about to cuss and I can't cuss. So I'm trying to find a replacement word, but jail was, I don't know. It's like the wild west where she's taking a tent peg and defeating the, the enemy by just obeying God and, and doing the right thing. But she, she kind of did it in a, in a really sly way. <laughs> Here's some more milk. <laughs> You're going to fall asleep and then I'm going to kill you. Pretty cool. I'm a female leader and I think sometimes it can be hard to, to be a female leader in, you know, a, a male dominated, I guess, either industry or, you know, ministry position in my, in my ministry position, just in the church, it's more of a rare thing for a female guitarist to lead music. And I, I think it's rare for a female to lead music. It's, I guess it's not rare, but it's, it's, um it's less likely. It's usually a, a male position. You know, sometimes it's, it can feel isolating, but you find your people and, and you, you find others that are going through that. And, um, sometimes you can't talk about some things, just kind of like the, some of the weirdness that happens and stuff with male, female relationships and ministry. And, you know, those things are true and those things are real and, and we just have to get through them. But, um, and we have to find ways to be God honoring as females working with males and males working with females. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's difficult and it feels lonely a little bit. I love Deborah's example of stepping up and doing what God's calling her to do because I feel such a calling to to work in ministry and I have such a supportive um church and staff and pastor who really celebrates, you know, what I bring, um the giftings that I have that God has given me to the ministry at our church. And outside of our church, I feel empowered to, to do the things that, that God has called me to do. I feel like the Lord set that up for Deborah as well. He set up the situation where she could flourish with the giftings that she had. She basically helped Israel defeat an army, you know, and defeat the enemy. And God used her. I find that as just as a female in ministry, I, I just want to be used by God. That's the only thing I want. And if God decides not to use me, then he won't. 
but as long as he is, and he opens the door, and he's got shoes on the ground that are empty, and he says, I want you to step inside those, and then I want you to walk forward, and I want you to do this. I'm going to do those things. Those who love you will rise up, burning brightly, shining like the sun, while your enemies perish, they will tumble to maybe one last little thought about Deborah's song in terms of like, what, what, what do I do as I'm an advocate for nonviolence? Uh, you know, I, I, I believe the cross of Jesus speaks to that, uh, which, which is, you know, he, he died so that we don't have to do this anymore to each other. At the same time, what I wrestle with is I'm a guy that I, I love my action movies, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I and, and all of those movies are about like putting bullets in people and that the bullet solves it. You know, I mean, I, I've just watched Mission yeah. Impossible for the second time, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the new movie. I just love it. Like, I, I'm having fun. But in the midst of the whole film, this guy dies, this woman dies, bang, bang, bang. You know, Tom Cruise, yeah. he, he always comes out on top, you know, but not everybody does. And so I, it's interesting to me to ponder how we can, I don't know, we look to these stories and there's the conflict of going, no, I'm not going to do that. Or I can't do that. Or I don't, I don't think a follower of Jesus should do that. But yet we look to Deborah and we look to her as she took up this mantle of leadership as a, as a prophet or as a judge. And she did what she had to do in her day, so to speak. I mean, maybe, maybe one way we wrestle it with it is, is, huh, that's so interesting. Like we feel we feel like uh, there's a, a vindictive redemption. Like, yeah, you know, jail got what he what was coming to him, and it's also thinking, oh, but maybe she shouldn't have done that. And I, don't, I, don't, I, I, that's kind of how I wrestle with those things. The God ordained parts of her were mm. were what God was wanting from her. Did did God want that? But I don't, I don't know. Those are the things that go through my mind as I wrestle with the scriptures in that way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm more of a I just believe what's on the page. If that's how God executed judgment. As much as I don't, I'm uncomfortable with it and I question it, I have to reconcile with the fact that God is God and I'm, I'm not, and I don't think like him. And he is gently teaching me how to think like him. And I'm not going to have the answer. I'm not going to understand it. And I think it's easy for us to look at like in our modern age and with our modern eyes, look at something like judges and think they were just a bunch of primitive people and you know, they just murdered each other and now we're above that and everything. And it's like, we're actually not. God possibly still uses, you know, nations to to execute judgments on other nations. And, you know, he doesn't change, right? I mean, there's, there's some of that stuff where I'm kind of like, yeah, Jesus. Yes. Always looking forward to Jesus. Jesus was nonviolent. I get that. It's true. That's how we're called to be. But God also is God. And he has not changed. And I have to be okay with with what I see that I don't necessarily understand. Even if I look at it on the surface and say I don't agree with it. The violence, nonviolence thing, I don't know. Like, it's so hard to have answers to that. I don't, for me, I, you know, I'm very nonviolent. I don't, I would, you know, obviously. But I, but the Old Testament, that kind of stuff, it's like there's something really 
Like God was trying to eradicate idolatry. He's serious about it. And he's caring for his people. He's the good shepherd caring for his people. And they were constantly going and um, leaving him. And he's constantly calling them back. I know there are theologians and, and all of that that have a better idea of what these things mean. You know, there's some theologian that talks about like, you know, the whole like judges is about like getting rid of the idols, completely decimating them. And it's really about like God against Baal. Who's the real God? Well, we know God's the real God, but God's going to show his people that, you know, these idols are deaf and dumb and they can't do anything. They have no effectiveness. And really, if there's anything that seems effective, it is because the enemy is working through it, right? Um, the devil. There's the, there are those elements too that I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much to unwrap and ponder and try to understand that God is so much more complex than we believe him to be. And we have to be okay with both things. The fact that there's this idea of like nonviolent Jesus, <laughs> and then, you know, Yahweh executing judgment. And the Bible says those things. It says both. And we have to be okay with, with the fact that it does say those things. Well, thanks for, you know, taking us through like how you approach writing a song like that. Cause it's tough, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, and I would say, <laughs> and, and you're doing this too with Jeremiah, which is, uh, you know, raising up a story or the themes that people tend to, they don't go there, right? You know, we don't, we don't talk about these things because they're not the, I don't know. It's not, it's not what immediately comes to mind when it's like, well, somebody should, we think about David, King David, let's say, or we think about Abraham, but you know, what about the prophets? What about, uh, you know, these judges and these figures and, you know, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I appreciate someone yeah. being willing yeah. to bring those stories to us. Yeah. Well, it's never clean, you know, it's, it's always really R rated and or X rated or yeah. whatever you want to call it. I, it's just the story of humanity and how we've, we've failed God time and time again. And the real <laughs> beautiful Lord, it's, it's really the story about Jesus and how we are to look like him and how he's conquered all these things. I love telling the the dark parts of the stories because without those dark parts, we wouldn't understand what we've been safe from. Well, thanks for for this today. It's good. Thanks for thanks for having this conversation. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for for asking me to be a part of this. It's great. Thank you for listening. Thanks to David Backhouse for the theme tune and to Chris Marchand for editing and all the other music. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. If you have found something we made to be good or useful, please consider becoming a patron at the Tent Talks Patreon page or leaving a good review on your chosen podcast platform. This really helps. For more information, visit www.tenttheology.com.